Good morning, Trinity Lutheran Church. Nice to see you. It is a uh, season of Epiphany. It's the baptism of Jesus this Sunday. Welcome to church. I'm glad you're here. I'm going to need some participation and cooperation during the prelude today, our little call to worship. So if you have a moment to join us, that would be great. Welcome all those people that are watching out there online. We're going to start by singing a song called Shower Your Spirit Upon Us All. It's call and response. So I will call and everybody out there will respond. So the first call and response, the first response goes like this. I'll sing it for you. You sing it back to me. Shower your spirit upon us all. Shower your spirit upon us all. Well, that's a, it's an okay start. But you can do better. Luckily, the second response sounds exactly like the first one. Aha, sing after me. Shower your spirit upon us all. Shower your spirit upon us all. Aha, excellent job. The next one um, is that make your ever presence known to us. And it goes like this. Sing after me. Make, um, make your ever presence known to us. Make your yeah, you have to kind of jump right in there because that's a fast one. Make your ever presence known to us. Make your ever presence known to us. And then at the end of that, you punctuate it with two claps. So make your ever presence known to us. Make your ever presence known to us. And we finish it off. Hear our prayer when we call to you. Hear our prayer when we call to you. Shower your spirit upon us all. Shower your spirit upon us all. All right, I declare you ready, and we will start our prelude. Shower your spirit upon us all. Join in as we sing. God, whose love flows like a river, shower your spirit upon us. God, all. whose grace pours down like summer rain, shower your spirit upon us. God, all. whose justice comes like crashing thunder, make your ever presence known to us. Hear our prayer when we call to you. Stir the holy water, shower your spirit upon us. God, whose servant John baptized the Son, shower your spirit upon us. God, whose spirit came and rested on him, make your ever presence known to us. Hear our prayer when we call to you, shower your spirit upon us. God who calls us to live justly, shower your spirit upon us. God who calls us to live lives of kindness, shower your spirit upon us. God who calls us all to humble service, make your ever presence known to us. Hear our prayer when we call to you, shower your spirit upon us all. God of 
laws inscribed in granite. Shower your spirit upon us. God who blows the winds of endless change. Shower your spirit upon us. God of messy heart, one compromises. Make it ever present stone to us. Hear our prayers when we call to you. Shower your spirit upon us all. Hear our Did great you did great great rhythm for all of you at uh, 10 30 in the morning happy epiphany epiphany was january 6th this is the first sunday of epiphany as carl said a uh, celebration of the baptism of our lord pastor chris is going to be preaching for us today and we're honored by that and we're so honored by your presence so thankful that you're here today people are coming in all wet it's the northwest it's rain uh, reminding of us our baptisms in the rain as well. The order of service is printed before you in the bulletin, and everything will be projected for you as well. So if it's comfortable for you at this time, I would invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And our gathering hymn is a word that we need to speak over and over again, reminding ourselves that all are welcome in God's house. Let us build a house where love can dwell and all can safely live. A place where saints and children tell
We continue with the first shared prayer of the morning. Kyrie eleison, we sing this prayer. Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy on us. Our hymn of praise, shine, Jesus, shine. Shine on me, shine. 
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Shine in our lives, Lord Jesus. Open our hearts and minds to an epiphany of good news. May we recognize Jesus in his baptism, and may we cherish our baptisms as we seek to live life with hope, meaning, and purpose. Shine, Jesus, shine. Set our hearts on fire for you. We pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated, and George Fisher is going to come forward and lead us into Scripture today. Good morning, everybody. The reading is from the sixth chapter of Romans. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may increase? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed, so we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. So our um, gathering song was a song by uh, Marty Haugen. This is also a song uh, by Marty. And um, Song Over the Waters, um, really a song that's um, often sung at Pentecost, but those themes of Pentecost and baptism sort of intertwine, and the images um, work both ways. God, you have moved upon the waters. You have sung in the rush of wind and flame, and in your love you have called us sons and daughters, as in baptism, make us people of the water and your name. So that refrain will be on the wall for you, and you are invited to sing um, whenever that comes up, which will be, we'll start with the refrain, and uh, several more times. Upon the water 
song in the rush of wind and flame, and in your love you have called us sons and daughters. Make us people of the water and your name. Come fill our waiting hearts with the Spirit of Jesus. Let us shine with your light and a thirst for love, give us a hunger for justice, make us one with the mind of Christ. God, you have moved upon the waters, you have sung with the rush of wind and flame, and in your love you have called us sons and daughters, make us people of the water the breath of life. You are the hope of the hopeless. Come and fill us with light and peace. God, you have moved upon the waters. You have sung in the rush of wind and flame. And in your love, you have called the sons and daughters. Make us people of the water. Now and wake us to wonder, make us vessels of light and peace. God, you have moved upon the waters, you have sung in the rush of wind and flame, and in your love you have called us sons and daughters, make us people of the water and your name. Make Thank you, Carl, and breaded fish, very nice, very nice, thank you very much. He does a marvelous job, um, uh, very thoughtful in your architecture of these services, appreciate it. And Jim, you're pretty cool too. If you don't know me, my name is Chris, and my wife and I are attendees at this church, we call it our church home, we've lived on Whidbey Island now for about five years, and we're loving it. And I'll tell you two things I love about this church. Um, number one, the generosity. As you walk in, you see uh, all the checks that have been given out uh, from this church, almost a half a million dollars to organizations this last year. Um, that is a telltale sign of health in a person's life and in any congregation. The other thing I really enjoy is the hospitality. You all are way too friendly. It's just like, is it real? But it really is real. So we love that about this church and are delighted to call this our church home. And it's my pleasure today to bring you the gospel. And we are going to explore the significance of the baptism of Jesus and ours, our baptism. 
So we begin with a reading that comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of our Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And then when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of our Lord. So it's a new year. What's it going to bring? Well, we don't really know, do we? But I want to hopefully assure you through this message that whatever may come, you can stand in the foundation of a new place. All because of Jesus and the baptism that he underwent for us. So as we begin this new year, we're going to explore that new beginning for Jesus. And it is a new beginning for Jesus. He has not yet begun his public ministry. Nobody really knows who he is for the most part. But before he begins to announce the kingdom of God, before he begins to preach, before he begins to heal, before he begins to travel extensively, before he invites his disciples to come and follow him and learn from him, before all that, he heads out of his hometown to Galilee toward the Jordan River. It's an intentional walk where he encounters John baptizing people in the river along with his disciples, John's, John's disciples. Now, here's the interesting thing. In both Mark and Luke, John's baptism is referred to as a baptism of repentance. A baptism of repentance. Now, that would imply an admission of being off course. Repentance carries with it the notion of turning around and going in a different direction, a course correction, a break from the past, and the possibility of a whole new season, a baptism of repentance. So there is John dunking people in the river for this baptism of repentance, and then one day John looks up, and there's Jesus, and he knows who Jesus is. And so he looks at Jesus with utter chagrin as Jesus begins to wade into the waters towards him, and he is flabbergasted. And so he tries to detour Jesus, saying, look, it's not you who need to be baptized, Jesus, it's me. I need to be baptized by you. In other words, you're the Messiah. Why should you have to undergo a baptism of repentance? Jesus looks at John and says, let it be for now. It is proper to do this to fulfill all righteousness. It's kind of a cryptic phrase. Jesus was good at those. It kind of means to fulfill what is right and to make things right. But how does that work? I think 
in this cryptic statement, Jesus is giving us an important revelation about himself and a stunning insight into that event where he is dunked into the river and brought up. Before Jesus begins his ministry, he willingly steps into the place of sinners. People like N.T. Wright see this as representative of Jesus fulfilling what Israel could not. And of course it is that, and it's much more than that. He is doing for us what we could not do. And this is the incarnate Son of God we are talking about here. This is a God who wades in to the murky waters, wades into the murky waters of my life and your life and our life. This is the God who will not shy away because the water is too dirty. He will not avoid us because our lives are too messed up. He will not shun us as others might, and he will not condemn us as many religious would. No. He enters into the water with arms wide open. My wife and I just got back from Italy, and in Florence, there is an ancient Christian baptistry called San Giovanni. And it was here, among many places in Italy, particularly in catacombs, where Christians were baptized after a long process of preparation. And when I say long, it's not taking a three-week class. We're talking two, sometimes three years of discipleship, training, and instruction. Three years to be baptized. A very intentional process of discipleship. But the event itself was telling, because after this long process of baptism, the baptismal candidates would be robed in white. They would be blindfolded and led into this, baptistry, this uh, uh, baptistry, and then they would be, of course, dunked into the water. They would be lifted out of the water, and as they're lifted out of the water, the pastor would remove the blindfold. And so they're staring up at the ceiling, and this is what they saw. This is the ceiling at that San Giovanni baptistry. And it's, it's a complex piece of work. It's 80 feet across. It's comprised of over a million tiles that shimmer like simmering coal. The images around Jesus depict heaven and hell, the righteous and the unrighteous. And there in the center of it all is the cosmic Christ holding all things together with open arms. This is the image those baptismal candidates would see as they are risen out of the water. And I suspect it would be like a tattoo in their mind that would carry them forward into their new life with Christ. Think about it. Jesus is literally the embrace of God in the flesh. This is the God who is not against us, but for us, embracing us with arms wide open, inviting us into the life we were always meant to live, life and life abundant. Now, I want to pause right there. We'll get back to 
Jesus' baptism, but I want to pause and underline the good news that is there for our baptisms. Now, we don't often think of our baptisms as being wrapped up into the baptism of Jesus, but it is. It is, in fact. If you were baptized, there's a very good chance that the pastor said these words to you after saying your full name your full legal name. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are baptized into the company of the Trinity in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Your, your baptism, you see, is not an isolated individualistic event. It is tied into the Trinity, and it is tied directly into the baptism of Jesus. This is what the Apostle Paul was driving at in that text in Romans when he says, when we were joined with Christ in baptism, were we not also joined to him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And so in our baptism, we join with Jesus in his death, going into the waters, which for the ancient mind always had carried connotations of chaos and death. Going under the waters was a kind of grave. In fact, the original word, uh, the root of the word baptism, refers to a sunken ship. If a ship went under and it became a shipwreck, that ship had been baptized. So this is Paul's picking up on these words and using it in a whole new way. In baptism, we join with Jesus in the waters of his baptism, and we rise with Christ to a whole new life, a whole new life and a whole new identity. And this is where the baptism of Jesus concludes, his identity. Matthew tells us that when Jesus rose from the water, the thin veil that separates heaven and earth was lifted, and John saw what was like a dove descending and lighting on Jesus, and a voice from heaven saying, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the core identity of Jesus, the Son who is beloved by the Father. It was the core of his identity, and I want to suggest to you that your baptisms unwrap that gift for you as well. It can be the core of our identity also. We are sons and daughters beloved by God. This is our identity. Now, I say that, and I have to be transparent here and say that sometimes um, I struggle against that. I'll give you an example. I recently retired from 30 years of ministry, and I, as much as I tried to create good boundaries around my life, and as much as I didn't want my identity to be wrapped up in being a pastor, I wanted to be a person who was a pastor, but not a pastor who's also a person, I wanted to create some space where I wouldn't forget these fundamental truths. And as much, in as much as I did that, I still found, after having retired, 
that my identity was more wrapped up in being a pastor than I would have imagined. It really was. And there was some shedding that I continue to have to do to recognize my foremost identity as a child of God. And so I'm, I'm slowly shedding the skin. I, I, I no longer go into public settings and see a microphone and have an urge to start preaching. <laughs> Except here, maybe once in a while. I don't have the urge to tell corny jokes. I'm not a very good joke teller anyway, so that's not a hard one to give up. But you see what I mean, don't you? We have this tendency as we go through life to attach our identity to many things and then to project that identity out into the world as a way of self-validation. And social media has, of course, um, exploded this. And so we live in this time of excessive, expressive individualism, as one author put it. Some people attach their identity to their vocation. Oh, hi, my name's Nancy, and I'm a CEO. By their family. Oh, this, my name is Chris, and I'm the father of two healthy children. Some attach to their sexuality. Some to their political identification. Some to their team affiliation. Can I hear a go Seahawks? There you go. So we can define our identity to, to many, many things, right? But we are invited in the gospel again and again to return to the foundation of our core identity in Christ. Now, contrary to a lot of modern thought, this identity that we all have and project and want validated is not something that is ours to construct primarily. And of course, that's the great task of so many in our day, a construction of an identity that becomes an unbearable weight that they have to continue to maintain or shift. If you look at it from the gospel point of view, the gospel would say that your identity is a gift given by your heavenly Father to become beloved sons and daughters of God. We call this the first Sunday in Epiphany, and that's what the Epiphany that John and his followers heard on the day that Jesus was baptized. This is my son, my son, who I love, beloved. With him, I am well pleased. Words of affirmation spoken before Jesus has done a thing in his public ministry. But words that will inform the core of his ministry because it is his core identity which will leak through his ministry and his mission at every corner. Being loved by God will be the defining core of Jesus' identity and his mission. All that he will do, all that he will say, all that he will teach will be animated by this deep-seated joy of knowing that he is loved by God. He's not trying to prove anything to God. He's living out love in flesh and blood. Now, I'd say that's pretty good news as we enter into a new year because no matter what 2023 will dish out, no matter what life will bring, no matter how 
stormy it gets on Whidbey Island, no matter what, we can be affirmed that we are loved by God, our Creator and our Redeemer, no matter what. It's not based on how good we are, it's not based on our performance, it's not based on the level of our maturity or, or our morality, it's not based on position, role, title, net worth, any of that. It's a gift, pure and simple. A gift reflected in the baptism of Jesus and ours, our baptism also. In the early church, I mentioned earlier that the baptismal candidates would undergo a long process of preparation, and their baptism would often be held on Easter morning. Lent, the season prior to uh, Easter, a time we normally think about giving up stuff, was considered by the early church to be a time of exorcism, a time of dealing with your own demons and shedding those. And so there's a particular line that from the ancient rites still is spoken today in many rites of baptism, where you would be asked, do you renounce Satan and all his works? Those of you who are baptized later in life may recognize that phrase. And then they were instructed by the priest to inhale, take in the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. And then they were instructed to spit on the floor as a way of saying, Satan, no, I'm done. So go ahead, spit on the floor. <laughs> right, Jim? Is that okay? <laughs> and then on Easter, they would be baptized. And immediately after they saw the mosaic and, and the, the blindfold is taken off, the pastor would anoint those who had been freshly baptized with oil and they would make the sign of the cross on their foreheads and say their name again. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. It's a bold statement, but it's a very assuring statement. As a parent, I baptized my, both my children, and it wasn't a magical event that made them golden children. They both wandered, and as they wander, I am assured that the grace that was boldly proclaimed by me for them in that community event when they were baptized as infants, is, it's a bold claim about the grace that goes before us, the grace that always holds us, but in particular, the grace that will go before my children because they're sealed as Christ's own. The big word there is provenient grace, that grace that goes before us that allows us to turn to God, not out of fear, but out of a sense of being loved. And so that ancient rite of baptism we've been playing around with this morning is, is a bit of a reflection of the Christian life, or we could say the baptized life. If you've been baptized, the baptized life is one where we, not just on the day we were baptized, but throughout the transformation of our lives, where we renounce the powers of darkness that would distort and dehumanize. The baptized life is one in which we relax in God's embrace of us as sons and daughters, regardless of our performance. 
The baptized life is learning to walk by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, immersed in the vast ocean of God's extravagant grace given to all through Christ. The baptized life is one that begins in grace, continues in grace, and will one day conclude by the amazing grace of God, given to us freely in the Christ who was baptized for us. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Uh, I'd invite you all to stand if you're comfortable doing so, and we're going to sing our hymn of the day, and Carl will introduce this for us, I think. It is uh, words to a, to, uh, to a hymn in the hymnal, Come, Beloved of the Maker, but set to a song we know well, uh, the Will You Let Me Be Your Servant, the Servant Song. Lift our hearts now to God in prayer. George is going to come forward and lead us in prayer. Each petition will end, hear us, O God, and our response, your mercy is great. Let us pray. At the dawn of this new year, we pray for the church, the world, and all people according to their needs. O oh God, let us share the new life and renewed hope of the birth and baptism of Jesus wherever we go. We know that his arrival does not remove injustice from the world, but let the water of his baptism wash over us 
so that we may be renewed as bearers of your truth and justice in all situations. Hear us, O God. O God, let us be open to your leading as we cast ourselves on the water in service to your people. Whether close to home or far away, give us the wisdom to use our money, talents, and time to lift the fallen, unburden the weary, and heal the sick. As climate events increase, give hope and real relief to those impacted by floods, winter storms, and other disasters. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You come to us in the beauty of darkness and of light. Bring justice and reconciliation to communities divided by oppression and misuse of power. Guide us to speak holy words of advocacy and truth as we seek to eliminate racism, reduce economic injustice and inequity, and increase tolerance. Hear us, O God. Mercy is great. O God, fill us with joyful hope in this new year and guide us to have courage amid all the changes and chances of life. We give thanks for signs of hope, like the easing of war in the Tigray region of Ethiopia. We grieve for the continuing tragedy in Ukraine and pray for its resolution. As we work for change that leads to peace and wholeness, let us wear the clothes of humility, compassion, kindness, meekness, and patience, and live in your love, which binds all things together for good. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Hear the hopes and prayers of our hearts, O God. Let us release our grudges and anger that bind us and magnify our joy at the birth of your light among us, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Thanks, All right. Okay, break it up, section one. Hey, how wonderful to, to have all that good energy. And uh, thanks, Chris, for those words, also those words of uh, just affirmation of the great hospitality and fellowship here, which we see in that greeting of the peace which we're going to encourage you to take right over into the gym, the coffee hour, where we're going to help you bust your New Year's resolutions because we have fresh cinnamon rolls for you this morning. So you can just take care of that right now. <laughs> New Year's recommendations, New Year's, whatever. They so come on over after service uh, into the gym. Lots of announcements in your bulletin. Really encourage you to take note of those. It's a new year. Get involved educational opportunities, service opportunities, and the queen of service opportunities, our volunteer coordinator, Alana Johnson. <laughs> Get applause. Yeah, you just never know what kind of opportunities I'm going to put out there for you, do you? Uh, so the first one, <clears throat> next Thursday, January 19th, is our luncheon. 
It's New Year's noodles. Remember, we talked about this back in December. I hope you guys have all been looking in those recipe books to find those noodle recipes. I found a dessert with noodles. I hope it's good, but if there's only one noodle dessert, please don't say anything about it. Um, there's a sign up out in the narthex on the table. Please make sure you sign up. You don't even have to know what you're gonna bring, but we would love to know how many people there are gonna be, so that'll be fun. The next thing is I am trying to help you with your New Year's resolutions. I did put the sign-up sheets way on the other side of the gym today so you can get in some steps. Kind of just walk past those cinnamon rolls first on your way over there, then make a trip by and then maybe make another trip because you've decided you want to sign up again on those sheets. They're getting pretty full. Um, you guys have done a great job. I do have some paper passers jobs left, but that's really called ushers. So there are some um, usher spots left for February for sure. So love to get some of you more involved. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Um, baptized. We're all baptized, Martin Luther said, into ministry. The priesthood of all believers. So take, your, take that role seriously. You can see uh, Lana, you also volunteer in the community in so many ways. I know that. Altar flowers today from Joanne and Gary Guernsey and Thanksgiving for you. They're Trinity Lutheran Church uh, family. You also see a new art display out in the narthex, Lois Matthews, who's at the early service today. Uh, she is a painter, and she painted those, uh, that new art display that is out there. Uh, uh, in two weeks, uh, no, 22nd, two weeks, we have our annual congregational meeting. Uh, Pastor Chris uh, mentioned the checks in the narthex. We have a wonderful story to tell about where we've been together in 2022 and where we're going together in 2023. So immediately after this service, uh, two weeks from today, we'll have our annual meeting, uh, probably last 45 minutes or so, 1130 uh, right here in the sanctuary. And we were, uh, we heard this week that Lois Rice died. Lois, uh, and her husband Morris came to us, I don't know, 25 years ago, and probably were with us for 10 years, maybe 15, and uh, then moved into town for more care. Uh, Lois was just a dear, dear woman. She died this week, and uh, those services are pending. Announcements, Carl? Anything else? A uh, week from tomorrow, over at St. Augustine's, the annual Martin Luther King uh, Remembrance Day. A little music, talking about all kinds of things. Very good. And uh, as we transition now uh, towards uh, the Lord's Prayer, uh, Carl's written a song for us this week, so he's going to sing that as a transition. I was reflecting on the gospel and uh, wondering what um, Pastor Chris was going to preach on this week, and thought, well, what song can I bring for that? And um, the concept of the Spirit of God alighting on someone is what sort of inspired this. Spirit of my God, rest upon my heart when your spirit alights on me. I know I live in love. Some may say that it's impossible. 
Some may say it can't be true But when my days all get away from me Then I know I rely on you Spirit of my God Rest upon my heart When your spirit alights on me I know I live in love. I don't need you to see it just like me. In fact, it probably can't be true. I only know that when our hard times come, we all need light to see us through. And when the night is long And when the fear is crushing me Then I reach out to The light I know is you The joy of your Spirit of my God, rest upon my heart. When your spirit alights on me, I know I live in love. I know I live in love. invite you to stand. Baptized by John, the rabbi Jesus would teach us to pray a model prayer. Carl put that to music as well. We pray now as we sing the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Inspired by the good news, go out those doors this and make a difference where only you can go this week. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now get out those little lights. Here's a big ending, this little light of mine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Everywhere I go. Garments of justice song. 
Living fully in Christ will bloom In that sweet and delightful dawn Like the friends of a tapestry Oh, let us unite in love And weave a joyful community As we welcome the reign of God 